Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special patron-only show of Entertainment Landfill. I am your host, the Jaystrom. Call me Jason or Jaystrom, whatever you want. But uh, I'm here. I'm here to talk. And uh, you're here to listen, right? I mean, if you hit play, then technically they're listening right now. Right? Steven on my left. Steven, the pop culture's on it. Hello, Steven. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? Fantastic. You know what? That's an impression I do all the time. Uh, when Heather was pregnant and we'd go see the uh, the birthing doctor, what do you call him? The um, OBGYN? Yeah. He would say, how are you doing today? He would kind of sound like that. And ever since then, that's my impression. <laughs> I do that now. You know, It's funny how there's like one little thing you hear and you carry it with you for the rest of your life. It's just like another thing that I say all the time and, uh, you know, Heather and Emma, if I catch Emma hearing it, uh, saying it, especially, I think it's funny where I always use that quote. It's so obscure. It's from uh, a Christmas story, but uh, I say it, you know, all year round, not just Christmas time, but I go, okay, Black Bart, you know, the part where he's getting ready to shoot his BB gun, but I say it all the time and I don't know why. And it's gotten where I'll hear Emma in the other room. Okay, Black Bart. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, it's totally. Or another thing, you know, I'll I'll quote uh, Napoleon Dynamite. I'll go, but my lips hurt real bad, you know, like that. And there's no context for it all. You just say it. And then I'll hear one day Heather will say, my lips hurt real bad. <laughs> basically, I'm warping them. <laughs> Whether they're quoting me or if like Emma will use Sigabuku in a sentence, I'm like, yep, that's my daughter. You know, it's totally warped my family. <laughs> but do you have like quotes from things that you say like all the time? You've just worked it into your everyday life. That I know of? I, I mean, I probably do and I just don't do realize it. Su- subconsciously, it. Yeah. you know? I'd have to, I have to pay attention now to see what I do. Another one is like, you know, uh... Jean-Luc Picard, you know, good lord, man. <laughs> I, I probably do that. <laughs> yeah, good lord. <laughs> I do that all the time. Just for, uh, you know. I'm trying to think, what was, what, anything that I, I mean, most of the stuff I do is probably from movies. And I, you know, <laughs> My favorite you know, is. I'll, I'll, you know, obviously you'll do, we need a bigger boat. I do that a bit mm-hmm, from. Mm-hmm. Where I remember, like at MJ Designs, or whatever else we need a bigger something, but it's a <laughs> you, reference of you know, like MJ Designs, like the coworkers, they like you'll hear somebody else go, "Good Lord, man!" <laughs> You're like, "Hey, they're still in my bed." It's just like they're around me all the time. <laughs> it's like you just rub off on people. That's funny. But like you and I, you'll say something. It's like, if you were another man, I would kill you where you stand. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of, it's funny, is a lot of like clips throughout the history of this show would be stuff that we were already quoting, like in the 90s or whatever, you know, at the frame shop. And that that was always always like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, stuff from the frame shop that is melded into our everyday lives. That's just insane. You know, I was thinking about, you know, like, uh, we do the John Woo thing where we're always running around fake shooting each other. But whatever happened to John Woo? Did he just... Fell off the face of the earth. I know he moved back to, like, Hong Kong and stuff, but 
He's no longer Hollywood's golden child. <laughs> I guess he grew out of the shoot 'em up type of movies. You know, you do so many of those. You got, yeah. you know, I know he did the Red Cliffs movie. He did he does the period? The last, I, the last thing I heard, remember reading about, and I never saw it was Red Cliff, and it was like a period uh, drama type movie. So I have no idea what that dude's up to. But I could easily look on IMDb if I wanted to. Probably. Is that how the internet works, Steven? It works that way. You see. can find a lot of things out on this magical box. Get this to work. Connected to a phone line. I don't think that, uh, that's how computers work. Yes. What's new? That's a new podcast. The John Woo News. Let's see. He's working on pre-production on a movie called Manhunt. Uh, eight and a half filming. The Crossing and The Crossing 2. Yeah, Red Cliff 1 and 2 he did. Let's see. What is The Crossing? Yeah, it's a foreign film. No. In the midst of the Chinese Revolution during the 1940s, couples flee to the island of Taiwan. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I think he grew out of, like, the gangster gun stuff, you know? I mean, he did so many of those movies that I can understand that. He grew up. He became a more mature filmmaker. Just, oh man, the killer. How many times did you watch that? A million times. Heart Target. Yeah, A Better Tomorrow, tomorrow. Part 2. Better Tomorrow, Part 2. That was, you know, the movie was long and it could be boring, but the action scenes were amazing. And then he did The Killer, which was unbelievable. Just Heroes. I remember buying that um, at a convention. I think you bought Red Dwarf's. Smegups and I bought that Just Heroes and the dupes like yours didn't even work and mine sucked. <laughs> mine wasn't dubbed or anything and you couldn't tell what they were saying. <laughs> so you just watched for the action but it's like god I have no idea what's going on in this movie. I don't think it was subtitled. Don't trust con videos. Bullet in the head. Once a thief. I remember that being like a comedy type of thing but hard boiled that was awesome. And then he came to America. Hard target. Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. Yeesh. Yeesh. <laughs> Once a Thief TV movie based on Once a Thief he already made. That pretty much sucked. Face Off. And then he did Blackjack. Have you ever seen Blackjack? It's a movie starring Dolph Lundgren. Oh. Hell yeah. I remember that was like a straight to video, I believe. Mission Impossible 2. Steven, remember the motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, you I getting, like... lots of just, motorcycle issues. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this movie, what the hell? And it's like, <clears throat> what is it about it? It's like, people, it's like motorcycle foo, isn't it? Like, they're fighting yeah. on motorcycles just where it's ridiculous. It's like when they're riding up beside you on a car. <laughs> and it's like, they're on a motorcycle. Stop. <laughs> they'll crash and die. Well, do you remember at the end of the movie, it's Tom Cruise and the bad guy, and they're both on motorcycles. Yeah. And they're like, Wah! Hiding on the other side of it, sliding his feet on the ground. Yeah, and he's like going, shooting, shooting at him. And he's like, ducks. and then they do a jump in the air and fly off and crash into each other. <laughs> and what's funny is like after Mission Impossible 2, you know, it's just like, dude, that franchise screwed. It's not going to be, you know... And then Mission Impossible 3 came out, J.J. Abrams, and Mission Impossible 4, and then the most recent one, they righted the ship after that. 
but it was just that Mission Impossible 2. While, you know, I did enjoy it for, but it was dumb. It was yeah. a really dumb movie. And it was ridiculous. But uh, it was fun. Uh, let's see, Wind Talkers. I, I watched that. Not that great. The funniest part of that is when uh, Christian Slater gets his head chopped off. <laughs> Do you, have you ever seen that? Seen. Uh, it just like happens so suddenly. You're like, dude, Christian Slater just got a head chopped off. Good lord. Um, hostage. It's a short paycheck. I remember watching Paycheck. Kind of. I think I. It's the kind of thing where you're watching a movie, you lose interest. Which one was that? The, the Mel that's, Gibson? That's No, that is with uh, Ben Affleck and Uma uh, Thurman. I still, wow. He's a reverse engineer guy. It was just ridiculous. And uh, Oh, I think I know that one. There's a part with a robotic arm thing where Uma Thurman's controlling with a joystick and hitting guy. The robot hand is fighting the guys. It was really Robot bad. foo. There's even a part where a door kicks open and you see the uh, the doves like fly by, you know, because, you know. Got to have some kind of bullet time. That was like John Woo's kind of like trademark in his other movies. But when you bring it to America, it's awful. It doesn't work. So that's cool. Get, I was like John Woo. Get your hands tied by uh, the American. Mickey Mouse! Donald Dumbo! <laughs> Donald Duck. <laughs> There's Dumbo. Yeah, I know. I like Donald Duck better. Mickey Mouse Dumbo! God, I love that movie. (laughs) I've seen this movie so long. Yeah! You remember watching this? We watched it like on VHS. Yeah. I just love how Chow Yun-Fat, there's obviously a whole bunch of guys, but it doesn't matter. He still shoots each guy like 10 times, you know? Just unloads bullets in one single guy. <laughs> That's one guy he just shot. Seven shots. <laughs> it's like one. I love it. I love this. Chow Yun Fat is a man. I remember telling Bill, like, I've only seen the dub version. It's more fun that way. Because you would get lines like that where. Yeah. And they go, God damn you, cop. And he goes, finish your sentence. <laughs> That's what we do. I do a lot. Finish your sentence. You draw what you eat, you Yeah, the line in the dub version, he goes, You can arrest me later. After he stabs the guy, but it doesn't work as well in the subtitles. Oh yeah, kill all the bad guys, man. That's something. Finish your sentence. That became like in our vernacular. Yeah. 
say it all the time. That's <laughs> just the goat mount gunshots. Awesome. And then, you know, movies like they even have like here Bruce Willis Last Man Standing shootout. The only reason that movie exists is because Walter Hill watched a bunch of John Lee movies, you know? Do you remember that? It's 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 freaking uh the killer. It's the killer. It's you know it's a remake of Yojimbo, but with the killer violence. Every Hollywood movie, all of a sudden, the guys had two pistols, you know? Nobody had just one anymore because they'd seen Chow Yun Fat. Why did he fly pistols? back like 30 feet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that is the most violent shot ever. Because that was supposed to be badass. Doyle, if you'd have hired smarter guys, now this would have happened. What the hell? It just cuts to a sex scene? Why is that? <laughs> That's so funny. It's Leslie Mann from... Uh, Knocked up. Knocked up. Yeah. But, uh, God, I love John Woo, man. So amazing. So, Steven, if you had... Say you had a flying car. Say there were flying cars now. Say they just came out. You had to get, like, a special license. But you could use it to... uh, You know, you wouldn't have to fly anymore in airplanes. You just... It was about the same as, like, say, you bought a nice car. Say you could get it for, you know, starting at, I'm going to say they'd be pretty expensive, but say you could get a really good deal, like, for $100,000. But you would just pay monthly payments or whatever. Um, still through your work, they pay for fuel, you know? Like, you just, like, regular gas. You could gas it up so you could save a lot that way. Um, would you do it? Would you get your special license to fly your flying car? I don't know. Or would you be like, I'm going to wait a while, see if people are falling out of the sky <laughs> and blowing yeah, up? Yeah, I wouldn't do it right off the bat, no. Yeah. I. You know, you could be like, I'll just fly it down to the store. Flying makes me sleepy, so I'd be... <laughs> the, you know, they naturally, you know, with Google cars and they have like the... They're starting these, you know, uh, remote cars where you just... Or it takes you... What, they, what am I it's trying like to say? It's like a taxi. Yeah, a yeah. remote control taxi. It's a self-driving car. Yeah. What if they had a self-flying car, and so you could just ride in it. Like, like a Uber, a, Uber a plane car, you know, except it's a remote control. Yeah, but it's yours. And it was safe, I would do it. you do it, yeah. But I would really like to pilot a uh, flying car. But that would so be awesome. you could pilot it, too. You could turn off the... Yeah, yeah. Autopilot. And go faster or whatever. Jason, buzz in your house. See, I would think if you got in the ground floor on flying cars, like, say, only, like, a couple of people in your, you know, in your neighborhood had them. Like, dude, the sky's open, man. You can fly wherever you want. But after, like, everybody's getting them, it's just, like, insane. All of a sudden, it's like Back to the Future 2 where they have lanes in the air and stuff and... All that you got to get in like early. Some weird FAA rules. You yeah. can't fly over five thousand feet, or something. yeah, can't fly within ten miles of an airport, or something. Yeah, there would, there would be some really strict rules, and uh, once everybody's doing it, it would kind of like be like, oh, this isn't as much fun anymore. I'm just going to drive. 
At that point, they would have to be all roboticized. Yeah. Automated flying. But also think about this. Think about this. Okay, now it's been a couple of years. Everybody's in their flying car. Now I'm driving on the ground because there's no traffic anymore. <laughs> Wouldn't you do that? Like, screw this. I'm driving on the ground, you know? Or, you know, they may have hover bikes by then. Like You have, uh, like, old ratty flying cars, like, you know, we yeah. have on the car. You know, you got the rust spots. And yeah, stuff. yeah. They're like, it's like. Uh, the left engine is sputtering, you know. Yeah, muffler hanging off. Because, <laughs> you know, when I look at these drones, I'm like, larger drones, you could pot- ride in them, right? I could see that kind of technology. It's It works pretty well. Yeah, if you could. Those things can just ho- sit in the air for a long time, you know, without moving. Just think if you had car size. If you could do that and carpool in, or hover hover car in. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that'd be sweet. I mean, I fly enough already. As I, <laughs> I've already, Steven. I've learned how to, I've learned how, to, I've learned how to sleep on a plane. And there wouldn't be any kind of like. It would just be like vertical takeoff and landing. You'd go over your house and just lower, and yeah. you'd be right there. You'd probably have some computer to tell you, like, okay, now time to descend or something like that. It'd be awesome. I can see it already. But unfortunately, this is going to happen when you and I are very old, isn't it? Very dead. Oh, now they got flying car. <laughs> oh, <I'm> gonna- <laughs> Come on, I couldn't get one. This is some bullshit. I wanted a flying car. Or it'll be Emma driving me, and I'm like, oh, oh my God. Where did you say you learned to fly? I learned it by watching Where's my steering rod? (laughs) Are we supposed to fly under this underbed? She's like going through, oh, man, tunnels and stuff. Here here you go, Dad. Does a barrel roll with you. <laughs> I can see something like that. But yeah, it would look like Coruscant all of a sudden, you know, with all this flying stuff. It'd be pretty crazy. All right. If there uh, if say there was a zombie apocalypse even, like, you know, it's like The Walking Dead, there's zombies everywhere and everyone's, you know, you don't want to encounter any humans cuz they're all assholes or neurotic or whatever. If you watch the show, you see that they're never going to live happily or whatever. Would you rather live in an airship or live deep underground in your own bunker with all the stuff you need? Would you ever rather be able to travel around in a giant airship? Think of it. The airship is actually like a living quarters inside the airship. You can fly as high as you want. It runs on solar power. Can you grow food in this airship? Yes, you can grow, you know, like, have you ever seen those commercials where they have the upside-down I mean, gardens and stuff? So, I mean, say I could fly over a field and shoot cows and haul them up for food. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just yeah. I'm thinking you, out of the box here. You could land or get low in order to yeah, not collect get, things. Uh, also, you could have, like, a crane, crew. like, in the box. Yeah, there'd be sleeping crews, but you'd also have, uh, like, you'd have a crew. With uh, sniper rifles to guard you or something like that as you went down in a search party? Or would you rather live like Desmond and Lost where you have an underground bunker and have all everything you need? Or would it be better to travel around everywhere? It'd be better to travel around. Yeah, I would you, think. Living underground, you might go insane. 
you know, say in this imaginary scenario, you also have every movie and video game you could ever want to occupy your mind, but still, it's not the same, though, isn't it? Uh, I think being outside would be probably more helpful to your health than being underground. Right, because I, I know with the, the sunlight and. What The Walking Dead tried to say, like, the people who lived in that town with the walls, like, they're soft because they don't have to encounter danger every day, like Rick and his group. So if you were up in this airship and you saw the way the world really was, you wouldn't be dumb. But if you lived in an underground bunker, you wouldn't really experience zombies or whatever. So if you saw one, it would scare the shit out of you. Oh, you know, get them away or you wouldn't want to look at them. But if you were in out in the everyday world, you would just get used to them and uh, not be afraid. Be less afraid, you know. Or could you live up north? But in the snow? In the snow. Or or like in a... And um, have a, you know, like a greenhouse where you grow everything. You're mm-hmm. land-based. They can't get to you because they're, they, they're not warm-blooded, right? Zombies, their blood's not right. flowing. They would freeze before they'd get to you, so they can't get That's you. True. You could live in the Arctic or something, you would think. Like or a, even Alaska. A, a somewhat sub-underground, but you could also go above ground at times. Mm-hmm. I, just, I think the airship would be pretty cool. I mean, you... If you had some kind of way to be able to see weather patterns, too, like, oh, it's going to be a bad storm, let's see, just fly away. Yeah, you think about that, too, is... Well, you'd find a way to, uh, you'd fly away from any kind of bad see, storm. at some point... Or fly above clouds. Is at some point you're going to run out of ammunition. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd have to have a lot of ammunition, or you'd have to eventually land to get more. Or would you run out? Or period. you wouldn't need any. If you're up in the air, you would wouldn't you need to figure out how to design your own. Do you have to learn to become a weapons maker and l- make, you know? Oh yeah, you would have your own kind of melee type of weapons, you know, even without uh, ammo. You're gonna make the giant spears, uh, you know, or bows. You know, oh yeah, I thought arrows, about that. Arrows. Yeah, some kind of lance with like a protective thing over. You so you'd just have to learn how to. <clears throat> it'd have to be. Usable from an airship. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, you could take bricks up and drop them. <laughs> you know, yeah. Big cinder blocks and drop on their heads. Mm-hmm. Good God, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the basic things in a in an airship become a, t- a weapon, you know, if you, mm-hmm. you drop heavy things, you know. Yeah, I also think, like, if you encounter survivors, would you want to help them or are you just ignore See, that's them? the airship issue, too, is they can shoot you up there. Right. You know, they can shoot that's at you. That's why also you could go up really high where they couldn't even... Where would the even bottom want to, of it like a... Well, they wouldn't want to waste their bullets on you anyway if you're real far up in the air. Or they might want your ship if you come down low to land to get stuff. They might be like, dude, let's hijack that thing, you know. You'd have to be careful of that. So or do you have like a little skiff, the airship within an airship, a little one that departs. Oh, that'd be departs. pretty cool. Yeah. A jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> what I hate about on The Walking Dead is like, like I don't know if you watched this most recent season. Yeah, I've seen everything. I've still never seen the final episode. The last one. They I've all had die. A, <laughs> yeah, I figured. And then it comes oh, back. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Damn it. But when all of those things are gathered at the 
the fence and they're just waiting for something to happen. Um, what's the harm in just starting to pick them off one at a time? Noise brings more. But, you know, they had some relatively silent weapons or silence or where I'm telling you, Again, they, like I said, dropping bricks on them. Uh, yeah. But there's like a hundred of them. If they just work, I'm just saying that like in reality, if something like that happened, they could easily work within a day and get rid of all of them. Okay. So we worked at the, the MJ design store. Right. Right. And remember the tool they used to cut foam with? The big wire that you heated up. You remember that? There was a it was a wire. It was connected to a battery, and they could cut foam with it. Uh huh. Okay. So why not? You're talking s- about at the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why not have one of those razor hot wires? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't duck. Yeah. Even like if you had a long stick with a point on it, you could hang over the fence and go yeah. one, two, three. Four, five, six. Couldn't you do that? And get like, sure. hey, let's get like ten people up here, all with these. You could find some kind of pole or something. Everybody go in your house, get a broom or something. Yeah, get a broom handle and sharpen blade, it. And-, and they're just going one, two, three, four, five. They could get rid of them in one day, but instead they're like, oh, they're gonna get in here eventually. It's like they don't have to, you know. Well, you you've seen this in that one too was the stupid rickety building. You you know it's yeah. teetering. It's like burn it. Well, yeah, and they don't even notice it the whole time. That was driving me nuts. Like, is this supposed to be like... Uh, you hear this thing creaking. We hear it. Yeah. But is it supposed to be like uh, like this, you know, this is, you know, teasing what's going to happen. Yeah. Then when it happens, it's just like, why did you tease... You know, why did you show us this? It might have been more surprising had it just happened without us, Yeah, you know. And it's still, I don't think a house would do that, would it? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Eh, it could. I guess it could. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I was so disinterested. Did I tell you the the episode before the last one? One with Daryl. And he finds those people with a girl who has... Uh, what does she have? Asthma or diabetes or something? Diabetes or something. She needs her insulin or something like that. And that part where they find the friend. I thought that was so funny where she's like... Oh, and also it's like, and like bites or whatever. And I was like, of course, I you see that happening. Yeah. It's so it's so silly or whatever. I think too, we've watched the show's been on for so long. It's not surprising anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I've just lost interest. But uh, in my own zombie type thing, it would be like common sense like that. Oh, we could get rid of them in a day <laughs> or something like that. You know, or like an airship. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think, you know, if they built the catwalk all the way around the thing, sit there and, you know, popped them in the head, top like that, you could uh, get rid of them pretty quickly. Well, it's also, there's stuff that happens to show, remember when the big herd's coming and they hide in that that store and they're trying to be quiet and somebody knocks something over and then they're like, come, it's like, seriously, but why can't they just get on a roof and wait it out? Let's all get on the roof and let's just wait here for uh, a day until something else makes a sound or something. Eventually something's going to happen. Did you ever watch the, uh, the silly sci-fi versions Z nation? No, I never did watch that. They had a funny one where they had a herd like that, you know, it was like thousands of zombies and they're coming across and, they go to an Indian casino out in Nevada, uh-huh. and it's like 
they get on Indian land and they're like they get captured by a group of Indians, you know, and hold held hostage. It's like there's a herd coming, so they take them to this big casino where the the guy who kidnapped him, his father is the owner of the casino. You know, it's like we got to get out of here. It's like it's a casino. We're fine. You know, it's like mm-hmm. no, we're out of here. You know, and so from a distance they go out and you watch it. The herd run over essentially they collapse the casino because there's so many of them it's like <laughs> what huh i don't are they, understand are they fast zombies or slow in that both some of them are fast yeah they got a combo <laughs> a combo <laughs> got the combo package there nice so like yeah there's a arctic weather station where one of the there's the one of the main characters these station dj qualls mm-hmm you know, and he's keeping everybody up to date on what's happening. And an airplane that's coming to coming up there to find him crashes. And those are fresh zombies, so they're fast. You know, and they're army trained people. Mm. You know, so if you if you just become a zombie, you're pretty fast. It looks, it seems that way. When they're older, they start to lumber around. And yeah, stuff. but they're still kind of dumb because they herded them in that one. They herded them off the cliff. <laughs> thousands into a, <laughs> nice. like the Grand Canyon. That's what I think silly about The Walking Dead. Zombies are enough, but they keep making them running, run to more crazy people. You know, they've had the, uh, they've had the cannibals. They had the, the hunters. Governor. You remember the hunters who just wanted to come in and kill everybody because that's their way or whatever. Yeah. Just like, uh, the show, I, I don't know. The, I think it's because my main problem with it is I have ideas in my head of how I would do it and I can't get over how they're doing it wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're doing it wrong. It's like, I, I would like to, if it was me in, in, in the apocalypse, you know, other than an airship, you want to find an island, maybe. Oh, definitely an island. And one that you could farm. Again, you're worried about weather patterns and crap, too, with that. Mm-hmm. But Like, if you had a ship, like a boat, uh, eventually you would run out of food. Unless you did fishing. You could fish, right? You could eat lots of fish. Lots Lobsters. of fish. Rainwater. Rainwater. Or is there a, there's a way to filter salt water, isn't there? But you would... I'm sure there yeah. is. Yeah, Dude, would you have the internet to do research? Let's see. Let me look it up. <laughs> I don't probably so. wouldn't have that. Or what about like... Um, have you, I mean, there's all kinds of... Have you seen the stupid sites probably on Facebook when the shit hits the fan pages? You know, it's like, learn how to do this. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. learn how to turn salt water into drinking water or whatever. Right. But, you know, it's like telling you how to prep for... Prep for something bad happening it does not a zombie thing but you like, know yeah. whether it's like that show the, the race colony. war the ice is coming over whatever yeah like on the colony they would yeah do that make power with a windmill and stuff i always yeah. thought that stuff was cool what if you were on a cruise liner like a giant ship that would be pretty cool food still runs out yeah food still runs out also how many people are on the ship that could be a whole show fuel. then. Like, uh, fuel is an issue. Yeah, fuel. That definitely runs on fuel. It's not a sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> so do you take the cruise ship out to an island and dock it and only travel when you need to to preserve fuel? Mm-hmm. 
mean, I guess you probably, I don't know how close you get. I was also thinking of those offshore oil rigs or whatever. Those have living quarters and stuff, but they'd eventually go nuts being all alone. It's kind of like, you know, anywhere, like in the thing, anywhere. they're in that Arctic yeah. uh, base or whatever. Depending on, okay, so what do you do? Okay, here's, you get uh, 10 people. Who do you, you know, you say 10 people. I mean, what's your max capacity for people that you, you're you going to be around, you know? If it's, right. It's like, okay, so obviously your wife, your daughter, me, mm-hmm. <laughs> your dad. Uh, sure. No, he got he got taken <laughs> the, uh, when it happened. And your sisters? During the fall. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Probably your, your not. Your in-laws. <laughs> They're too far away, you know. Your in-laws. But don't you think, I think in reality, people... Or do you pick people who could fight? Well, I think humans adapt very quickly. Like, say if this really happened, a zombie apocalypse, I think we would get organized so fast that they would end it really quickly. Especially, uh, say a place like Texas where everyone is armed, like, probably people all down this block have weapons and stuff guns and stuff I don't but maybe somebody would hand me one <laughs> but uh seems like you need to buy you a gun <laughs> yeah we would I mean easily we'd easily know I mean because we live in a world with zombie movies and stuff like shoot them in the head or whatever just automatically be the first thing you do there's no way they could accumulate numbers I don't think well like you said there's if you're going by those kind of rules where you get bit and that's when you become a zombie, or if you die, you come back as a zombie. Or do you come up with the, like I said, the tool of, like, the hot wire and string it up, you know, and it's mm-hmm. got the perimeter around your house of what maybe kind of measure the average person, you know, so it's a four and a half feet is right. the hot wire. Mm-hmm. So zombies aren't ducking underneath it, obviously. And it'd be great to have those, uh, you know, you could have some kind of giant pit with a sound that attracts them and they just fall in and then you just cook them to set it on fire. Just like these all around, it's like giant zombie traps where they all get lured to it because of some kind of, be some kind of pulsing sound or something. So that was the thing in the, in the, in the Walking Dead because they were all down in that pit. Why couldn't you roll drums of fuel down there, lit them on fire, boom, mm-hmm. and blown up? Gotten rid of most of them. Because Rick didn't want them to, apparently. <laughs> you know, they, they, just... would all, they would have all been attracted to the fire mm-hmm. at that point. They would all come in there. So as the first round gets killed, you roll another barrel down there, boom, blows up another wave of them. Make a flamethrower. Just something. That's why the show is so silly that, that you basically, if you have a show called The Walking Dead, you have to cre- keep creating scenarios where bad things happen. Am I right? You have to keep, uh, you have to keep doing things to create conflict. That's why they can't, there can't just be zombies. There's also, what if uh, some bad people live a little ways away and they just like to kill everybody? Okay, well, how come they like to kill everybody? Because they just do. They're like bad people. They're all crazy. They've gone feral. It's like, yeah, they're like a cult of people that just want to kill living people. 
Oh wow! So you not you don't just have zombies; you also have crazy people. Yeah, crazy people. Well, what drove them crazy? It <laughs> doesn't matter. They're just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, I can see survivalists wanting to take your food. Mm-hmm. But on that show, they didn't want their food or anything. They just wanted to kill everybody. Just remember, they're like Whoa. they wanted their weapons. Mm-hmm. But they didn't even come. They wanted the weapons just to kill everybody. Yeah, though, didn't they? They wanted to stab and everybody. Uh, and I guess that episode was supposed to be shocking, but I was just like, why, why is this happening? Uh, <laughs> why are the wolves here? I, I don't know. Part of me would have thought it would be more interesting if they set up the dynamic of the way the town ran. They never got enough coverage of the town. You never get an idea of your head watching it, how, la- it how large it is, how the community is run. All of a sudden, there would be more people who live there. They only seemed like they had like one or two watchtowers. Yeah, like, they didn't really cover it, you know? It's like, okay, if it's a big square, you need one on... You, all the towers need to be able to see each other. Yeah, they didn't establish how everything... You didn't get a clear picture of how... We only saw a couple of streets, and we didn't understand how right. things work. And the whole... What did you think about the whole Glenn? Did you ever think he was dead for a moment? No. You know? Have you ever seen a dumpster that had that much space underneath no. it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody has, no. but it's like he's not dead. No, yeah, he is. Did you ever see? Do you ever wa- watch the Talking Dead? Yeah, the one with uh, it's Yvette Nicole Brown, who's on Community, that uh, black actress. Yeah, when the night that she was on there after Glenn died, or, or everyone thought, he, yeah, she took it very seriously, and she even quoted, gave a quote from the Bible that was in the church. That she thinks all the there was different lines from the Bible, and right. each one represented a character from the show. Right. And she said this one represented Glenn, and then she read it, and she took it very you know you know Glenn he was a good person and stuff. It's like he's not dead. <laughs> You're wasting so much energy and time talking about this, but I I don't understand how people could get that into it because they don't feel like real people to me, you know. When I'm watching it, it. Um, I'm trying to think why. I, I, at first, it was something different, and you go, "Okay, you're." Yeah, I love having a zombie show on TV. And other people got into it for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. maybe, and seem to think have become more. They think it's more kitschy to. To know more about it or to get into it too much, you know, it's like... Are you talking about the people who dress up like the characters? No, 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 the, on the Talking Dead, the, you know, the people who oh, come they, in there. Oh, they want, they're there to analyze what yeah. it means and stuff. But all the... It's like... Everything's so obvious, you don't need to really analyze yeah, it. you don't do this with the, the Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, also, there's episodes... Or, or, or Gilligan's Island. You know, why don't we analyze Gilligan's Island that way? <laughs> well, also, there's episodes <laughs> of The Walking Dead that are just not that great, or they're not good. Yeah. Where I think that, like, guys, we're not going to have a Talking Dead, because really, this episode didn't really warrant an after show, so we're just going to be back next week or something <laughs> like that. But no. Yeah, no, they got to do one every week. That's what's funny about it. But okay, would you rather be in this scenario? No zombies, but it's Water World. 
Okay, would you rather live on a boat or an airship? <laughs> and would you want to be a mutant like a muto, like Kevin Costner, where you yes. swim? That'd be pretty if cool. If I was a muto, I could live on a ship. <laughs> a muto? <laughs> I was a muto. Or would you rather be a smoker and live on that big uh, no. oil tanker? <laughs> Too many dudes. In I that. never understood. <laughs> where do all the cigarettes come from? How do they not run out? Remember how many... But uh, I always thought that movie was fun. Do you remember they made such a big deal out of how much it cost? Yeah. It was going to be like this epic... Hurricane failure. They spent like $200 million, which is nothing now. They spend... That regular was it? No. What was the? I remember when the Abyss came out, and they made a huge deal that it cost sixty-four million dollars to make it. There was like sixty-four million to make this movie. Oh my god, it's nothing. Yeah. Now they just that's that's a fart in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Well, now when people spend five million on a little indie film, it's like. Five million on an indie film? Yeah. You have to do that for 50 grand. Well, it's like when they do Kickstarters for films. We're trying to raise $5 million. And like Veronica Mars, it's like a studio wouldn't give you that. <laughs> but you, got, you know you got enough interest. Yeah. The, I think mainly they do Kickstarters for that. Or it's almost like the Mystery Science Theater thing. It's so they don't have to answer to anyone. They have the money and they can make it the way they want. Right. I think that... Or with the Super Troopers. Did they really... You know, since you and I both contributed to Super Troopers, too. Yeah, I wondered, like, if a studio, uh, I don't know. I have no idea why Broken Lizard didn't just try try to. Maybe, maybe they just wanted to do it with their fans, you know? Um, yeah, what was the reason why there was never offered up a Super Trooper 2? Was it... You know, did it not make enough money theatrically the first time? You know, yeah, I think the first a- one—the first one was pretty profitable. I think it was their subsequent other films. Like I know Club Dread wasn't very successful, but Super Troopers was. That's but how I they liked Club Dread. Yeah, that's how they made uh, Club Dread. My favorite part of Club Dread is when, what the fuck did you do? What did you do, man? What did you do? And they're all like circle. What did you do? And he's like. I fucked the goat. <laughs> what did you do, man? What did you do? <laughs> like they're not, you know, they're each suspecting each other yeah. being the killer. But I love that. What did you do? I fucked the goat. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny movie, but I guess it wasn't. And then Beer Fest, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I think that made some money. Baby, you got to stop bringing the mud in here, okay? Okay, Stephen, if you had a time machine, would you go to the future or the past? Hmm. Pro- hmm. Okay, if I go to the future and don't like it, can I come back to the present? Do I get the option of returning to where you started? Yes, yes. You would, you could, every time you return the moment you left. So, I mean, you, you, get, you get one shot at it go forward or you go backwards but if you don't like either you can come back to the present right I'd go to the future you would? yes like how far in the future would you take a look-see and go okay I'm going back or would you get out and uh, explore um, depending okay. on what it looked like 
So you've obviously created a vehicle that can go into the future. Yeah, what kind of vehicle would the time machine be? Would it be like a refrigerator, some kind of like room, uh, like let's say like a box you get in, or would it be like a DeLorean, like a, um, a traveling time machine? So I w- you know, it would probably make it in, in like a room, and it would have to be kind of out in out far away. So you'd have to have a vehicle that that could drive. Yeah, I like on the on but in the um, future. How do you know that you know? It's like okay, just say you gotta have a essentially a solar powered vehicle because the fuel will go bad if you say it's a yeah. You wouldn't have to years worry. The future, you wouldn't have now. to worry like uh, what kind of fuel or anything. You'd okay, so you say theoretically you go into the future a thousand years and you know humans still exist am i a friggin neanderthal by, <laughs> yeah. by their standards you know yeah i it's think like they, they've developed an extra lobe in their brain and and they've got a computer built into their brain that's you know their their internet connected 24 7 i'd want it to be like legends of tomorrow where they have like a cloaking device on their ship you know they could just land anonymously. It would have to be something like that, you know. But it's a it, essentially it's a two time use vehicle. It's all it yeah. It's all the fuel it can use. You go there and come back, or you go there and stay. Right. So if it's a, I probably wouldn't go too crazy far in the future, like ten thousand like years. I'm going a thousand. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, but you go in there and say five hundred years. Oh, five hundred years. Okay, <clears throat> maybe five. Just to like kind of look at the city and go, okay, it's not that futuristic. Or... No flying cars, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, shit, there are flying cars. <laughs> it's all airships. Everyone's riding around in blimps. <laughs> do you do something crazy like, okay, you? I know it's a movie or something where oh no it's it's uh, Futurama mm-hmm. where he left a couple, couple of dollars in the bank and over time it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it, like, it's, he's gone three thousand years and it's accumulated into this mass wealth you know it's <laughs> yeah. like, so do you leave some money for yourself to go into the future <laughs> it's like five hundred years is it even going to be American money is there going to be what you right um. What do you take with... Can you take X amount with you? You could have an estate that you could leave to yourself or something. You take, like, gold bars with you. You can take, you know, 10 pounds of gold. Mm. And it's going to be worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Or or you take jewels, you know, a handful of diamonds, something you can go trade. Right. And you... Or if you visited the past, you could be like Doc Brown where he had money for different time periods. Yeah, in the past you could do that. You could, you know, you could go to collectors now. And what about say, okay, money. say it was a novelty, your time travel. It didn't have to be something real serious. But if you were just like, you can't change anything. I'm going to go in the '70s and see this band perform in now, this venue. Now there you're talking. If I could do that, mm-hmm. you go. Okay. You wouldn't have to worry about. You wouldn't alter your future in any way. Say, like, if you went to like uh, England to see Zeppelin. Yeah, Zeppelin. The Zeppelin's or, first show in a little nightclub. You know. Yeah. See. Uh, yeah. See the Beatles play in Albert Hall or some yeah. shit like that. Or it would be the, awesome. In the, in the cave, or what was it the cave? Yeah, the club that they played. Yeah. 
Yeah, just you could do stuff like that, and you wouldn't have to worry about altering your future. You know, you wouldn't, and you know, you're going to a concert. It's not like you're going to kill anybody and screw up the future. What right? if you could? Okay, <laughs> now here's this: you go, you could take the same thing, but go be an extra in movies. <laughs> <laughs> You're when in the we, Poseidon adventure. You're in Jaws on the beach. You'd be like the observer in Fringe. We're like, fuck, there he is in all these old pictures. It's like, yeah, I'm an observer. I've time traveled to visit these moments in time. To, to be a, an extra. Yeah. Like an extra in Star Wars. Yeah. Would in you? the cantina or something. Like you're that guy that talks to Obi-Wan <laughs> before Chewie. <laughs> that guy's a time traveler. So would you do that too? Would you? Is it movies? Well, is it- well, it's easy to go back in time and just go to a concert and buy a ticket. It'd be hard to like get a job on a movie, you know, <laughs> in a time period. Well, no, you know that Star Wars essentially the first one would probably be. Not would you just appear on the set and be walking around? Or would you like get a job on the movie? <laughs> not a job. You just through official. Just say, just say you you can look back through time and say okay. They were looking for extras this day for free walk-ons. Right. You know, just to fill sets. Right. You know, so you didn't really have to fill out any paperwork, you know. So it was just like, okay, you're in, you're sitting in, in you know. <laughs> yeah. But you could look up, you know, like first-time directors that became famous right. later on. Or would you do this, go back far enough time, George Lucas childhood friend <laughs> no way you'd be too old that wouldn't make any sense because you couldn't befriend a little boy you i mean if you you would have to be the same age right. in order for that to work so you couldn't really do so you'd that. have to go back to him and you know we'd have to be you'd have to have done it at your in when you're it's in too late for us yes. now <laughs> yeah it's too late for us or you could be um or a friend of the family I guess you could go to also. I was hell if you had a flying time machine or something, you could go back in time to places that you loved as a kid that don't exist anymore. You know, like certain restaurants or. Or, or do you go back and you buy? I'm just to say you could experience the '80s or something in the mall or something. That, a book that's out of print now. Uh, anything oh, yeah. you know, something that it's not going to be oh. significant. You, yeah, you could do. You could like certain things now that are rare that you can't find. Go buy one of them, take yeah. it back, and it's pristine condition yeah. or something. You buy the first print of or the buy Beatles two. White Album. Yeah, you keep zero, one zero, and zero sell one. the other or something. <laughs> yeah, be a collector until a time cop came after you because that would happen eventually, wouldn't it? The time police. Well, I mean, like I said, if you're if you're not doing it for profit, yeah, it would be to for go stuff to you s- love. Go it, to it can't it can't alter things. So, yeah, just something that just say it's out of print, a band that didn't last long, something like that. Right. I'm wondering if like um, it would eventually happen where I don't care who you are. If you had a time machine, you go. I'm going to go check in on myself. That would be funny to see my family back then. But that would just be bad, wouldn't it? Something would always happen. I don't know. So do you? what do you do? Do you, do the, you go see bands? Do you collect something? I mean, like I think it would be fun to see bands or whatever. Or like you go back and just say, now Stephen King. I, you know, we love Stephen King. Mm-hmm. 
It's like you go, you get a first edition carry and he's autographed it, you know, and it's a personal memento. It's not right. a resellable thing. Visit time periods like and, a you tourist. Know, where, where he can, you know, where, you know, you, get, you, get, you go meet Ray Bradbury, get a, you know, an autograph of Ray Bradbury. The Beatles, you get their autographs, you know, or something, you know, it's, it's Oh, yeah, very, that'd be cool. If you, yeah, for just like a personal collection or something. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. You go, you go, or you go kind of crazy, like, you know, not crazy, crazy, but you go buy an original Picasso for, you know, 100 bucks <laughs> back in the day. Or a Van Gogh, nobody Van wanted, Gogh. and it's like, dude, uh, I'll buy your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but then what if you buy the painting that somebody eventually saw and bought that made him famous and you See, mess yeah, it up? See, yeah, there you're messing up time. You go to yeah. Future and it's like, I got these Van Goghs. It's like, who the hell's that? <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. I took them all to the future and nobody <laughs> saw these works of art. Oh, no. We got to go back and return it. You got to go buy his lesser known stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right, here you get the sunflowers back. And How about <laughs> this? You just—he makes his uh, regular stuff, but you just commission one picture, and then you go to the future, and it's like, hey, I've got a Van Gogh no one's ever seen before. It's like eh, this paint's pretty fresh, buddy. <laughs> no, no, no. You you buy it from him, then you put it in some kind of vault. Then you go to the future, open the vault, it's aged, right? It's in the bank in a... Yeah, yeah. So you, you protect it, but it is sufficiently aged. It doesn't look like it was painted yesterday. Aha, uh-huh, that's what you do. So, like I said, or, or you know, like you said, you, you go see bands early on, you know, See, that's what I would. I probably would do bands. Yeah. See, I thought I've thought about this also, like times in my life where I would go up and go no or something like Jason, don't. But then it would mess up my future. Like, yeah. What if something happened where I never met Heather and then Emma was never born? I can't mess up my past because it would screw that right. up. So really, you can't do anything to change your past. Or you, I would be going before I was born times. You know. Well, I like the Beatles in the early 60s, you know, seeing them perform. Oh, yeah, totally. Or even see, see like, Echo and the Bunnymen when they, like, their heyday, the Ocean Rain Tour or something. Or uh, even, I'm trying to think of some other bands. Like, not being very adventurous, but, you know, all the great bands. So you go see... I'd go see... Go see Mozart play. (laughs) You know? Just go hang out at CBGB's. Yeah, yeah, totally. Back in the day. Stay away from the drugs, though. You know, if we're Woodstock, don't take the brown ass. I'm not going to, uh, what was the, the club the in the 70s? That'd be Cocaine Club. What was uh, it? Was the, Studio, the Studio 54? 54. Yeah. We're not going to Studio 54. Or you could, I mean. Yeah, you could. Just I mean, stay you away go, from You go to the, you go, just say, you know, again, go back to the artist, but, but it's, go see the Velvet Underground hanging out at the factory with Andy Warhol. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. You go do something like that. Then you travel back to Vienna, see Mozart, Beethoven. Or you could even like go to like when Disneyland first opened, like there the early, go. and be like, sure. "This is lame. It gets better later." <laughs> There's really like five rides here, dude. Or what if you two of them are merry-go-rounds? What if you could prevent the Kennedy assassination? Oh wait, that's the Stephen King that's series. No, you can't change anything, but you can go. Go visit 
do you go watch the original moon landing? Like just on TV? Yeah. Yeah, totally. That would be fun. But it'd be like, God, the quality in picture is terrible. <laughs> We're wait, so spoiled. Wait till they get HD. Yeah. We're so spoiled. <laughs> uh, I'll call uh, you on your well, cell. What cell? Oh, no, they don't exist. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, they say they've lost the original tapes of the moon landing, but you can take something back and you hook up a recorder to a TV and record it. Mm-hmm. Or you even and have you've got essentially on your ship. You intercept the broadcast and record it digitally on your equipment. <laughs> you know, or it's like, dude, this is a pristine recording we've okay. got here. Awesome. Because they said they've lost the originals. Mm-hmm. So I mean, stuff that's like can be archived, and nobody. I mean, how do you? Does anybody know? You can't tell anyone. You would just be like you. You become an archivist, essentially. You, you know, and go around. You would have a really awesome YouTube channel. Like, hey, I've got rare recordings, and just put them on YouTube. You've got a, you've dude. Got where the, do you find these? You get your, you know, your essentially your kind of Google glasses that can record. Mm-hmm. So you go see talking heads at CBGBs. Oh, how great would it be to go back? Yeah, you're taking color footage in high def of way in the past where yeah. they had no way of doing that. Right. Oh, that'd be awesome. And then post it on YouTube and freak people out. <laughs> what the hell? Where did they get this footage? This is unbelievable. It's like, it'd be a mysterious... You could do it on- anonymously. Yeah, anonymously. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool to do that. Who would do that? It'd be totally awesome. Do you, what do you, do you get nostalgic about things from childhood ever? Think. I mean, you know, you go back when Star Wars originally released and go watch that in the theater. Well, do you look falling back on a certain say, period of your childhood and go like that was the best or something like that? Um, or is it much better to be in present day? <laughs> if, if things could re- be redone, it'd probably be post high school, right after. Mm-hmm. Probably around when we met, roughly, you know, my er- early twenties. I just I miss being in a young body. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you could go and replace yourself. Yeah, you could enter your young body with all the knowledge you have. But see, then you you're altering. You, can't you run the risk it. of screwing everything up, though. See, if I didn't have uh, a family, if I wasn't married and didn't have a child, then you could do that, you know? Well, what happens, you've, you've altered yourself where you come back to the future and all of a sudden now you've got a different wife and child that you didn't know you had because you <laughs> you made a different decision. Yeah, you can't mess with it. <laughs> Definitely can't do that. It's like... Come what back and all of a sudden your license changed and you go, where is my, is this where I live now? <laughs> well, it's funny, uh, like on The Flash right now, they're going to Earth 2, an alternate universe, yeah. kind of like Fringe did. It reminds me yeah. of what they did on Fringe already. But if you could have the ability to do that, visit other universes to see what everything's like, would you do that? Because what if, if you say in parallel universes, like you find your alternate you and find out what else you could have done. Yeah, if you see, like, I'm famous or something like that. But I'm miserable. I'm better off the way I am or something like that. Or, why am I in an alley drinking a bottle of 
cheap whiskey. <laughs> you <laughs> you automatically know if you travel to other universes, can you mentally connect to your other self and figure out where things happen? Whoa. How and that's weird. what I think is funny. If you if there's an alternate universe, the Jason in that universe may not stay in Texas. He may be like a guy who travels around and he's never in Texas. He moved a long time ago. Or, you know, there's a period of... he became of, the movie director. He became mm-hmm. the actor. He well, became a yeah. musician. Well, there was a time in my life where we lived in California. What if something happened where... Or nothing happened, so we always stayed there and it never yeah. came back. So even if I went to that alternate universe and I'm in my same neighborhood, it's like, I can't find you. Your parents never divorced. You've got the same parent. Yeah. And we stayed in California forever. And that's where I still live or something like that. It's crazy, man. Still hanging out with the Rondu. The Rondu, yeah. You know, it's funny. I I don't know if I told you. When I was a kid, he was Scotty. That was my best friend, Scotty. And it wasn't until, um, you know, we, uh, my parents got divorced. We came back to Texas. Then eventually, you know, after my mom died, we went back to California where my dad lived. And I saw Scotty again and he remembered me and we were friends still, you know, even though there was this gap between the second grade and sixth grade when I came back and people were calling him Ronald. They're like, Hey Ron, what's up? I'd be like. Scotty, why is everyone calling you Ronald? He goes, because dumbass, that's my name. I was like, I thought your name was Scotty. He goes, that's my last name, Ronald Scott. And I was like, oh, it's like, dude, I never realized that. I just called him Scotty. And dude, I was in the same class as him. Like, you would think I'd pay attention enough to know that his name was Ronald Scott, but I just called him Scotty. They were probably calling Ronald Scott here, and I'd be like, who the hell is that? You know, I just wasn't paying attention. It shows how little I pay attention in my childhood or whatever. But he was just like, what are you talking? How did you not know my name is Ronald? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's like, everyone's calling you a different name. It's so strange. Yeah, I had a friend. His name was Ronald McDonald. Seriously? That That's awesome. <laughs> that is totally awesome. Was he like, I know, leave me alone. (laughs) Nobody ever said anything back then. Today you get hassled like crap over it. I know. That's right. Okay, you know how something will happen in the past? I was talking to Heather about this. Like, somebody did one mean thing or something, and it sticks with you the rest of your life, Uh where you remember it to this day. Uh I was telling Heather that there's too many of those things. Why do we not let them go? I think some people might be mentally healthy where they don't remember stuff. Or, uh, but I do remember a lot of things. Like, I was... uh, I can say one name and you'll know. What? Suzanne. Suzanne? Who worked at MJ Designs? That tried to get me fired. Uh huh. You remember now? I yeah. I I remember her, and I think at the time I wasn't like in the know of what was going on. But uh, tell that story. You were the framing manager, and she was just trying to get you fired. She was a part time. She was a teacher during the day, and she worked part time. 
she didn't like the way I was doing something. Right. And so she went to our boss, Terry, and was like, I was so unorganized and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I've been doing this for years, and you're telling me you, you're going to believe this chick who's been working <laughs> here for two months or a month or... Right. And know. did Terry believe her? No, she pulled me up to her office and showed me this big, long note. And and, I, and then I came down and started telling everyone, and they're like, what? And then Terry got pissed off again for me telling. I'm like, you didn't say it was a... I mean, it was a it, secret. It was like... I, can I not defend myself? I mean, these other people here work with us, too. Should right. you not call them up and talk to them and find out what's going on? Yeah. It's like, she didn't like being bossed around by somebody younger than her. Yeah, I do remember Suzanne, and I remember working, like, Sundays. It would be Suzanne and Julie and me. And, and Julie I was... and her befriended each other, and Julie got was against me. But Julie happens to be my best friend's sister. <laughs> well, I was a new guy. I was really new, and I started working Sundays. And all they would do was bitch about everything, you know? Like, oh, this is done wrong. This is going to be... And I'd just be kind of, like, standing there, like, what, what? Why are they so angry about everything? You know, it's like, but it would just be talking shit about everything, and so I can understand that. So they had, yeah, they both teamed up. One of them went beyond, you know, and wrote nasty a nasty letter about me to the boss, and mm-hmm. as like, and when I told everybody else, she wound up quitting because everybody hated her because they were she was trying to bag on me, get me fired. <laughs> And it's like, well, if obviously there's something you're, you're not, you don't believe your own, you know, yourself if you quit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you didn't really stand your ground yeah. there. So I mean, yeah, she quit like a week after when everybody started giving her shit about. It. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> about trying to get me fired. It's like, yeah, don't step on my toes, girl. You know, I remember being the new guy there. When you work Sundays at that time, you got paid time and a half. And I remember certain slow days, uh, the manager, this dude Mike, would come back there and he goes, it's really slow. One of you guys can go home. And then he'd, like, go up in the office or whatever. And we'd all be looking at each other. It's like, this is time and a half. I'm not going home. <laughs> and then he'd come back down and he goes, somebody doesn't pick. I'm just going to send somebody home at random. So you guys better decide. And I remember Julie going, well, you're the new guy. I think you should go home. It's just like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Okay. I guess I'm going. And I didn't stay my ground at all. I just left. <laughs> Such a pussy. <laughs> that's yeah, that's pl- my one negative that I've got. That, that oh, yeah. just kind of st- sticks. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is definitely, if you're talking about work stuff, there's definitely things I remember from that. Like I've told you before, every once in a while I have a framing dream where I'm helping somebody frame and I wake up like, ah, you know, like I'm back doing it or whatever. But, uh, oh my God. I just remember embarrassing situations and stuff. Like times where there weren't, there was counter full of people and like just me there or something and uh i'll never forget uh this happened every once in a while and if it did it sucked most people they have stuff to frame they have like a i have five prints i want to get framed it's like oh crap 
great. I'm going to be here for hours just helping you while everyone's staring at me or whatever. And, you know, hey, I need some help back here. Misha, I need some help. And she come down there and she go, does anyone have a pickup? And they're all like, no. And there's like, okay, I can't really help anybody do anything. <laughs> it's like, shit. And uh, I'll never forget this lady came to pick up her order. And I look back there and I go, ma'am, it's not done. If you could please come back later or I'll call you when it's ready. She goes, no, I've waited a week. It should be done right now. It's like, I know I'm really busy right now. We'll call a manager back here. It's like a manager's not going to be able to. And so she leaves and she comes back and I believe it's Misha. She's like, Jason, you need some help? This lady tells me, it's like, well, yeah, there's nobody that can help me. She goes, I want my order done and I'm not leaving here until I get it. And there's other people standing there. And she's like, go back there and do that lady's order real quick. And I'm like, I'm sorry, everyone. You know, I'll be back here as soon as I can. So I'm back there. And she goes, I'm doing you a favor. I just got you help. I'm helping you out. And I'm like, you're not helping me out at all. What is this? You're embarrassing the shit out of me, you bitch. God. And I'm just like, I could leave right now. Why don't Jason go home? Just leave. This is excruciating or whatever. So finally I framed the picture. Here you go, ma'am. How's that look? Oh, that looks good. Can you wrap that up for me? Yeah, I can wrap this up for you. Let me go back. <laughs> Here you go. And then there's five other people, and you're like, who can I help next? And there's like, dude, feel free. You're sorry. I mean, you're like, that lady, wow. It's like, yeah, whatever. And then you know, the next person is cooler to you because they see what a raging asshole this person was. But stuff like that, I'm just like, wow. It's like... How did how did I deal with that? And I guess you just do. You deal with shit like when you're that. You're in retail. It sucks. Yeah, there's because there's a lot of really great people. There's people who are nice, and very kind, but there's always an asshole, isn't there? I always call. You, you knew when you're in the back and you heard the woman with the heels coming down the aisle. I called them bitch hills. <laughs> bitch hills. Because <laughs> <laughs> I. Oh, here comes a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and they, nine times out of ten, they were terrible. People. Yeah. You know. I would I would have certain frame of mind, certain frames of mind, like, just get to lunch, then go to lunch. When you get back, you have, like, two hours to kill. So, I started looking at it different. It's not about not doing work until you leave it's about keeping busy until you can leave so if someone walks up with like five rolled prints that they want frame it's like dude this is gonna kill like an hour maybe an hour and a half okay kate can i help you and it's like you know mine or something like that but there i think it took me a while to realize it's better to stay busy than to try to just get away with doing nothing (laughs) point towards i don't remember when you know probably after i became manager of the shop you know it's like it used to be and everybody came up and it's like i want this frame as cheaply as possible yeah everyone says that i want this as cheaply as possible and i finally stopped doing that it's like okay what do you like yeah and you know it's like do it do it the way you would do it. Or you're the expert, you tell me. Right. How many times did you hear that sentence? Tons. And so oh, I was oh like, Oh my okay. god. So at that point, yeah, I I just did the job. You know, I'd, I'd lay it out. Three hundred dollars. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's right. go with the black metal said, frame. <laughs> yeah, I mean 
What about this? I was thinking or, about or, this or the you other know, day. Like, you know, the, sometimes it's it's the people would just wouldn't even blink. You know, so it's like yeah, it's like okay, that's great. Yeah. What about this? And I was thinking about this the other day. This is something that you literally said every day to someone. Okay, you're helping someone. Let me explain this. We worked at MJ Designs. When the company first started, it was Michael's MJ Designs. Then it split off into two separate companies, Michael's and MJ Designs. Two different owners, totally different. You'd help somebody frame something, they go, oh, I have a coupon here. And you'd be like, okay, here we go. Here we go. It's a Michael's 50% off coupon. I'm sorry, man. We don't take Michael's coupons. Why not? You're Michael's, aren't you? No, actually, we're not. You're not? No, we're MJ Designs. It used to be Michael's. Now it's MJ Designs. Totally different company. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that. Oh, that's a shame. Next next customer. I'm going. I've got a coupon. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't take that coupon. What do you mean? You're not Michael's? No, we're not. We're MJ Designs. Every day, over and over again. Am I right? Yes. All the time. And I'll still hear a song every once in a while. Like the other day I heard Kokomo and I was like, <laughs> it's like you travel through time. You used to have to listen to KVIL or I call it KEVIL, KEVIL, where they play freaking Kokomo three times a day. Yeah. And they play all these Michael Bolton songs. Yeah, you have to Bolton. hear them all the time. And if I hear certain songs, I literally freeze in my tracks. I'm like, ah! You know, like, I remember that. It's like, oh, my God, it was torture. Horrible radio station. Ah! Am I right? Good Lord. But so much of that. If I were to write a movie right now, or, you know, I'm writing Laughing Boy, I'm having a hard time not including him working at a craft store because I'm trying I'm having a hard time making it fiction and autobiographical but with a different character yeah and it's hard it's hard not to include my own life experiences you know I want to in a lot of ways but um should I just write an auto you know nobody wants to read my autobiography uh, because well, I mean, you're adding I haven't bits of uh, yeah, pieces of my life. Bits. But I've got so much of that, the framing stuff there, you know? Well, you got to learn how to, I guess, put the right amount in. I'll never forget, like, when we worked at that uh, small Granberry store. It was my first, you know, I'd worked at, like, Six Flags before then. That was, like, my only job before then. I worked, yeah. like, for a day in a toy store, and I hated it, so I quit. Uh, so that job was, like, I mean, I got hired $4 an hour, you know, like, right out of high school. I mean, literally, like, right away, my stepmom Leslie's like, well, you're going to get a job. You're not just going to hang around home all day. I was <laughs> like, oh, whatever. And so I spent that whole summer... After uh, high school, like, are you gonna have you gotten a job yet? Have you gotten a job? I was like, no, it's summertime. This is like a summer break or whatever, you know. <laughs> and she's like, if you don't have a job by your uh, birthday, you know, you can't live here anymore. And this is, yeah, literally, like, I would have no place to live. So what did I do? I waited till like October to look where my birthday is at the end of the month. And I was, my dad had worked at House of Frames for years, and he used to take us there every once in a while. We'd go to work with him, 
and he taught me how to put the metal sectionals together. Here, put these together. And then, you know, I started putting the easy type frames together for him. And so when I applied to MJ Designs, and what's funny is Laura worked there for a day, and you have no memory of it. I have it, no memory of her. She worked for one day and never went back. Maybe that's why you don't remember. It's just like she uh, just was like a blink of an eye or whatever. She said she worked she with you she and was, Gary. She said was frightened of me because I had my long hair. Yeah, she worked with like you and Gary, I think. And she never went back, but she was like, you might like it. And I was like, I can put metal sectionals together or whatever. I put on the thing and, you know, I got called for like, like, I swear, like later that day. Yeah, come out, come and get, do an interview. And I did an interview with Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Robin Williams? Uh-huh. It was always funny that her name, it was a woman named Robin Williams. Uh, but, uh, you know, I said, yeah, I can do this. Well, we're going to, we start framers off at $4 an hour. And I think it was, the minimum wage was like three thirty-five or something. Yes. Yeah, I was like, dude, $4? Yeah, man. Woohoo! Rock on! <laughs> Little did I know that would be my wage for like a couple of years, <laughs> like before a raise or whatever. But, um, then I started it. It was you and Gary. And it was a little scary. I wasn't exactly a very, uh, like, extroverted person or used to, like, being, like, not really, like, um, I was just a shy you kept person. Yourself, yeah. I was very shy, quiet. Dude, that new guy's quiet. Whatever. <laughs> and you, I think you got little glimpses as I started getting more comfortable with my environment. But at first, I was super quiet, yeah. you know. But I think uh, the hardest part about that job is you you really have to learn a lot as you go. Yeah. I mean, so you can teach somebody so much stuff before, but really you have to do it on the job and learn stuff. Yeah, because uh, I would sit you down and like, okay, here's a – we got a shit ton of mat scrap. Just sit here and cut. Let me show you how to cut one. Yeah, right. or do oh. your fractions with yeah. the thing. And uh, that would be just be confusing. I was always bad at math. It wasn't until I figured out just – you can count to 16, right? That's all you need to count. <laughs> yeah, just using the ruler and not uh, not doing uh, not doing it as a math problem, but doing it, figuring out the ruler and then writing it down. Like yeah. I figured out my own system where I wasn't all confused. But do you remember those goddamn uh, – they didn't last very long, but those oh, – well, actually, they were around a long time, but goddamn uh, display boxes. They would custom uh-huh. make them. Someone would come and get, like, they would want an estimate on this. It's like a, a display case, like a big plexi box. What do they call them, a plexi box? Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, you put a trophy in it, a plexi box would go right, and it would be a base. And you, the measurements and everything was so confusing. And they were so god-awful expensive. Yeah. Too. That, you know, I'd be like, oh, I can't really, okay, hey, Stephen, how do I do this math or whatever? But finally I figured out if you quote them, like, it'll be like $350. They'd be like, oh, screw that. He's like, figured out, just quote them. How much it's going to be, and they—you don't even have to do measurements, dude. <laughs> you know, they just—they go, no, nah, never mind. I'll think of something else. I think I sold two. One of them, they had—I uh, don't know if you remember—it was a—they did a contract for a Mexican restaurant. They signed it on a tortilla. Oh. So uh, I had to figure out how to, you know, this twelve by twelve yeah. box. It was three inches deep. Uh-huh. So you could put a tortilla in it. <laughs> so you go, how do you mount a tortilla? 
Yeah. You know, it's food. It's going to ruin. Is that fun? We could do a show like Pawn Stars where somebody comes in and I got this tortilla and went for you. Oh, that's interesting. And then we'd have the little... (laughs) The little scripted parts where we have our John Woo guns and stuff. Remember, at one, there was at one point where Terry changed uh, couches in the office, and they we had a freaking couch in the framing yeah. department. And I was just like, talk show. The framing talk show. You have the guests come and sit down, and we're doing framing and goofing off or whatever. I could totally see that, you know. I still love the yeah the jumping over counters and shooting. <laughs> we got these stupid toy guns that made uh, mm-hmm. you could cock it and it make the cocking noise. Yeah, we've and talked had, all about that on yeah. the show before, but it really was a lot of fun. Uh, so so we trying to hurry up with the customer to be able to get back to be the first <laughs> one to get our guns. Uh huh. I can't tell you how many times that we made uh, holsters all around the shop. Yeah, you know how many times I'd be helping somebody and be like, uh, "Okay, I'll be right back." And you go back. <laughs> okay, go back out there. Yeah, and then I've got this. Uh, really, I wonder how many people yeah, heard this crap. Like, did I just hear gunshots back there? Oh, excuse me. I'll be right back. And then you go back, disappear for a second, then come back out. Okay, have you? Well, picked it's like back? I would disappear. You knew I was back there, and you'd come walking back, and you hear me. I'd just go. He's hiding back here somewhere. Oh, that's so funny. There, I never forget. Like you know, I smoked back then, and we go like me and Jake would go in the back door. Did I talk about this before where we'd sit out back there and have a cigarette or something with the door wide open and you hear like a ding, ah, shit, I got to go in or whatever. We'd hang outside as long as we could get away with it. Yeah. But I remember this little girl was riding her bike. Did I already talk about this? I can't remember. I know you've told me about it personally. But she was riding her bike around in circles. She was coming really close to the back door. And I was about to say, "Hey, little girl, you're not don't come. You're not allowed to come over here." But I go, "Hey, little girl," and she goes, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and Jake and I lost it. We were laughing so hard we were crying because we didn't expect it to happen, and it was so funny. And I never forget that there was a porta potty by that back door for a while. For some reason, there was somebody doing something in that probably the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. We're back there having a cigarette, all talking, and then this we hear like, <clears throat> and we're like, dude, there's somebody in there, man. There's somebody in This dude comes out, and he's like, hey, man, you got a cigarette? <laughs> there's a dude taking a dump in there the entire time we are out there talking. But can you imagine, like, you're walking around the neighborhood, and it's like, dude, I got to go, and there's a porta party right there. Yeah. And then while you're in there, these dudes all gather around. It's like three or four guys standing around the porta potty. And you're in there taking a dump, and they're all talking and laughing and having cigarettes. It's like, <laughs> I'm just going to stand here till they leave. It's like, ah, I want a cigarette too, man. <laughs> just come out of there. But I remember we were freaked out. Like, dude, where the hell did this guy come from? Yo, man, you got a cigarette? And then all of a sudden we're all quiet. Just smoking. And the guy's <laughs> dude, just taking a dump. And now he's having a cigarette. And I was like, yeah, it's... You ain't got any hand sanitizer, do you? <laughs> it's like, no. Here you go. Here's your cigarette. I'm just going to flick it towards you. Just catch it. I'm not going to touch you. Anybody got a light? I can borrow it. No, no, no. Let me light it for you. I don't want you touching my lighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good times. I'll never forget when the dumpster caught on fire. 
That's just funny. We, you and I did a show where we talked all about working at MJ Design, so it's like I'm afraid. We're rehashing a bunch of. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the, other than the, you know, the, talking about the gunplay that we did. <laughs> the gunplay. The fake yeah. gunplay. I mean, talking about the experiences of working with actual customers that, I mean, we had your, I, I had the same lady, that Judith, that came in with cross stitches every once a week or the, the deaf lady yeah mm-hmm. she wouldn't let anybody else help her yeah you had certain ones that would come and look for you oh, I remember yeah, helping my uh, my a childhood friend of mine's mom she came and picked stuff up and uh, I was uh, she came in and she said yeah I'm picking up blah blah and I was like okay went back opened it up I'm like Holy crap, that's Mark, you know? <laughs> Miss Perkins? She's like, no, she had gotten remarried. I was like, and she didn't recognize me because, you know, I hadn't seen him, seen her in six or seven years, maybe eight years. Right. You know, it's like, um, and, you know, and then I had my long hair. She's like, I don't want you hanging out with my son. You know? <laughs> like, that's what I just picture, you know? Yeah. You know, what's funny is there were, every once in a while you w- could help somebody that you knew or something, but I'll never forget, uh, do you remember Carolyn? Mm-hmm. She, uh, she, her husband was a fireman and her husband at one time, you know, I'm not saying her last name or anything, but her husband cheated on her when an asshole, right? But one day Carolyn is standing there and she goes, I'm not going out there. And I was like, why? What's going on? She's like, I need you to go help the lady out there, and I'm not here. And I was like, why? What's the big deal? I'll tell you later. I'm like, okay. So I go out there, and I'm helping this lady. And uh, so I help the lady, and she leaves, and I go back there, and I go, Carolyn, what's the problem? Who was that lady? That's the woman that slept with my husband. And I was like, holy shit. Holy shit! And I was like, "Oh wow, okay. Well, I can understand why you didn't want to help her. She seemed totally nice to me. No, <laughs> she like, kept uh, winking at me. <laughs> when I told her I wasn't married, she wasn't interested. It's like, oh, she's a homewrecker. That's uh, I see. That's what's going on. But." Uh, I can think of one other incident where somebody was like, I'm not going to help that person. No, no, no. And it's somebody, somebody knew and it'd be like, okay. uh, uh." Yeah. I don't think I ever avoided helping anybody. Oh God. I Uh, did all the time that I, that I knew or something, you know? Yeah. I'm I'm not here. If, if I, if I helped them and they came back in and they were a bitch or something, you know, asshole, I would not go back out there. I'm not helping him. I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. Steven here? No. <laughs> then I come walking out. You're an asshole liar. He are, was here. There are certain people, you know, I'd be really nice to them. Kill them with kindness or whatever. And everyone else was like, dude, I tried to help this lady out there. She's asking for you. And you're like, God damn it. I was too nice. <laughs> oh, hi. How's it going? <laughs> I'll never for, uh, forget that dude, Eric, that it won't, uh, do you remember that dude, Eric? He, uh, it was after you were gone. He was this jackass frame manager or whatever. And, uh, he used to, this woman would come in 
And it's when Becky was also the assistant oh. manager. Eric became the manager at one point after Becky left, and then she came back, I believe, or something. But um, this woman would come in and get all this stuff framed, and we'd be like, is he charging her, or what is he doing? Like, weren't sure what was going on there. It seemed really suspicious, because she would get all this shit framed, and she would take up, like, hours of his time. Like, if that lady came in, she was like an interior decorator, be like... Oh, he's going to be, he's worthless the rest of the day. He's not going to help anybody because he's just helping this lady. And I remember uh, Vernon, our manager, eventually, you know, he didn't like Eric and he just wanted a reason to get rid of him, you know? And uh, one day uh, he had M&Ms in the drawer. It's like, uh, whose food is this? And Eric's like, uh, oh, that's mine. He's like, you're not supposed to have food in there. Come in the office. I'm going to write you up. He's like, what? He goes, you're kidding, right? He goes, no, I'm not kidding. It's breaking the rules. And he's like, well, people have drinks and food back here all the time. He goes, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. And you got these M&Ms back here. And I'm just standing there watching. I'm like, what's going on back here? (laughs) And finally, he's like, come into the office. And then uh, it was, I remember it was just me and Eric that day and he comes back and he goes, oh, Jason, it was nice working with you. And he, like, leaves. And I'm like, dude, what just happened? And I remember Brent comes back there and goes, dude, we did it. We got rid of Eric. I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, we just pissed him off enough where he quit. And I was like, well, dude, I'm alone back here now, asshole. <laughs> you know, like, who's going to be the new frame manager now? What do you, I mean, what's going on here? And uh, he was like, oh, I'll help you if you need any help back here. But I just, like, it's almost like rules weren't enforced there, really, unless they needed to use it to get rid of you or something. Yeah. Like, you you could get away with shit all day. But if you rub somebody the wrong way, then they started paying attention, you know? And uh, I just remember that. He got fired for having M&Ms. And, dude... We had food back there all the time. Like, you could open a drawer and I'd have Pop-Tarts and, like, a Coke sitting in there and close it again. Well, remember when we were there, we would run down to the Dale Bakery and we have donuts and honey buns and (laughs) cupcakes. (laughs) You would have every... I remember one time, and, yeah, they were getting away with a little too much, but I was leaving and... uh, Eric and Becky had me run to the liquor store and I pulled up to the back door and they opened it up and I hand them like wine coolers and stuff and they set it back there and they were <laughs> drinking while working. They would go back there, take a drink, go, hey, can I help you? And I'd be like, God, that would be no fun. And I'd be like, wasn't it obvious they were drunk or whatever? But I remember like the next day he was like, dude, nobody, nobody noticed. And it was like, wow. Or did they? And they did just they? didn't care. And I'll never forget when, remember when Tim, he worked in framing with us and eventually he got promoted and he saw what like backroom dudes would do all the time. They would take something out back and hide it, like some model car, some shit they wanted to steal. And then after work closed, they would pull around and they'd go get the shit that they stole. But when he became like a third key, he would like sit out there in his truck and cars would drive up. They'd see him and they would back up and leave. (laughs) He'd go over there and he'd look and find shit like some model car or some other shit that they would be trying to steal. You take it back in the store. But uh, I thought that was hilarious. I didn't know that. That's funny. Oh, yeah. 
because when we were framing at night and stuff, some you know we would see some guy like taking stuff. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Oh man, I'm just uh, I'm taking some trash out. It's like, no, you're not. What are you doing back there? But you know, at the same time, you didn't really care. You weren't gonna rat on anybody or whatever. Well, I know somebody would somebody would bring in pictures to get framed mm-hmm. and. They weren't paying for them. You know, oh, right. Fake names down. And- mm-hmm. All the time. And all, uh, I remember Todd, this other guy, Todd, he assembled a model car and he shrink wrapped it. We had shrink wrapping stuff back there in framing. He shrink wrapped it and put it. He even wrote a note that says, ha ha, I did it for you. Okay. He, <laughs> he shrink wrapped it and put it back on the shelf. We forgot all about it. I'm talking like a month later. Terry's like, a woman just returned a model, and it said, ha ha, I did it for you, and the model was already completed. Does anybody know who did that? And we're all just like looking at each other like, yeah, we know who did it, but we're not saying. <laughs> and we are all just looking at each other and like, oh, wow, God, that's hilarious. Somebody did that? Yeah, did somebody do that back here? Uh, not that I know of. And then, I don't know what it is. We can very easily say, yeah, Todd did it. He's a jackass. Get rid of him or whatever. But instead, you just, it's like something in you is like, I'm not going to rat on him. I'm just, and it's not even, we didn't have some kind of code of honor or anything. It's just like, I'm not, it's, uh, it's hilarious. No, That was a funny prank. You can get another model. Yeah, yeah. You know. And everyone, I remember uh, like, when I worked at the Randy store on East Chase, helping some lady and uh, some jackass uh, back room guy, he's like, hey, uh, you know, he's asked if he could borrow a ruler for something. And I was like, sure. And as he's walking back, he goes, here's your ruler. He throws it on the counter. It lands on the lady's print. And I go, hey, hey, jackass. And the lady's just kind of laughing. I go, dude, you threw this on it. And I go, okay. Chris comes to framing. Chris to framing. And he comes back there. He goes, yeah, what's... Yeah, the back room... De- I think his name is Justin. He borrowed a ruler, but then he came back, and this lady's print's right here. He threw it and landed on her print. And he was like, oh, really? Well, I'll tell him about it. He goes, dude, no, you need to fire him. You need to... You need to fire him. He's like, well, I can't fire people. He's like, well, tell Randy. Leave a note on his desk. That dude needs to be fired now. That guy's an asshole. He's like, well, he's like the best stock guy we got. He like he does the most work back there. I was like, I don't care. He's an asshole. You know, fire him. So if somebody like does me wrong, I want him to be fired. But I remember the lady, she didn't really mind. She goes, oh, that's okay. You know, kids, you know, you know, kids are. It's like, no, please, you could go complain right now. Come on. Let's go. No, no, no. It's fine. It's like, come on, let's get this asshole fired together, lady. <laughs> Thrown this and it would have damaged it. Yeah, but he's just like, here you go, clean. It's like, hey, asshole, this is people's property right here. I would have done something. I probably would have thrown it back at him. But I remember, but that, I, yeah, I, I did that when I. But I yelled, down. Jack, hey, jackass, like in front of the customer. I was when I worked out at the main Frame Express building. And it was towards the end. We couldn't, we didn't, ha- they didn't have any money to buy crap, you know. And it's like, whatever. And I was the purchasing manager at that point. And it's like, I got in the, the markers to mark, you know, to uh, stain the edges of the frame so, you know, it looked good together. Right. And this little uh, guy from the framing, you know, he came back there and they didn't have the right edge on them or whatever. 
And he's like, I can't use these, you know. And he didn't speak English very well. <laughs> and he starts walking off. He said something kind of nasty, and I, I just threw him at him. I'm like, that's all they get. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's like, that's all you're going to get. Throw him at him. <laughs> and I was like, they were like, dude, he was like in the... Uh, He's like from El Salvador. He's like he's in one of those M five gangs or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's four foot five. You think I'm scared? <laughs> I do. You remember me telling you this Walter Summers story about uh, him working at Oshman's, and this guy came in, and he was like, "Well, it's my birthday today, and I'm." Uh, and I'm going to load up on stuff because it's my birthday. And he's like, all right, what do you need? He's like, well, I'm going to need a ping, tong t- ping pong table. And I need these nets. And I want paddles. And um, so Walter was helping him. He's getting all this stuff. He's like, dude, this guy's buying a lot of shit or whatever. Okay, that's cool. And he's like, do you have any more ping pong ta- uh, paddles? And he's like, uh, no, I'll, we only have these two. And he goes, two? How am I supposed to play ping pong with two paddles? It's four people. You got two on each side. And he's like, well, we could order some. It might take a... Today is my birthday. Do you understand that? He's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Well, we have some other locations. Oh, on my birthday, I'm going to go drive across town to get more paddles. You should have them here. It's my birthday. And he's like, okay, I understand. And Walter's starting to get mad now. Like... You're yelling at me in front of customers. You know, I'm sorry. We don't have what you need. Okay? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm not shopping here. And he throws all this stuff down at Walter's feet. And he walks out, storms out. And Walter's just standing there looking at him. He's all red in the face. And he's like, you know what? And he goes and he clocks out. And he goes, I'm off the clock. And he walks out. And he's following the guy outside. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to grab him or I'm going to punch him in the head. I'm going to kill him. I might kill this guy. I don't know. And so he's following the guy out and he's like, finally he's outside and he goes, hey. And the guy kind of like looks back, but he's not sure. He's talking about, he goes, hey, you. And the guy turns around and he looks at him and he goes, come here. And the guy kind of stops and he's scared. And now he realizes Walter's a huge dude. Yeah. And he walks up to him and he goes, what's your problem, man? I'm just trying to do my job, and you're being an asshole. And the guy just stares at Walter for a second. He's kind of like unnerved, like, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill me. And he goes, today's my birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And Walter's just like, holy shit, you can't make this shit up. And he's just like, oh, whatever, man. And he just turns around and he walks back in. He's like, there's no help on that guy. And he said for the rest of the day, he was waiting for the... Please, to Walter, to the manager's <laughs> office, please. And he's waiting, and it just never happened. But he's—he was pretty sure he was going to go outside, and he's like, "I'm going to murder this guy in the parking lot. I'm going to kill him." Do you want to die on your birthday? <laughs> but he's sir? like, "It's my birthday." But it's just kind of like, wow, this guy's not worth it. He's a total waste of a human being. But I remember Walter telling me that story. I thought it was like the greatest story ever that he was so... He clocked out and chased the guy down. I'm off the clock, man. I'm not working here right now while I'm going to murder this guy. But there are times, you know, when the customer would piss me off. 
There were times when the manager of the store, when Vernon was the man- store manager, would he make me so mad. Because <laughs> the way he could talk to you could be... Very degrading. Yeah. And he could be such an asshole at times. And uh, I remember after he died, everyone crying. And he was like, oh, he's such a great person, a manager. And be like, yeah, you know... Um, yeah, it's sad he's dead and all, but I'm not really that upset. <laughs> but I remember that great a person. I remember he married Brent and his wife in his house. <laughs> that went totally somewhere else. He married, oh wait, yeah, Brent and his wife. Yeah, he was the, um, what do you call it? The, he, uh, he, he performed the wedding. He performed the wedding, and I remember Brent being sad, and he goes, Yeah, man, I just can't believe it. You know, he's, well, I bet you're not upset at all, are you? He's like, what? Dude, what are you saying? You hated the guy. It's like, I didn't hate him. Come on. I wish he dead. I think it's sad that he's dead. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I may have wished him dead a couple of times, but I didn't really mean it. <laughs> well, he's dead now. You caused it. No, it's like, what are you saying? I have powers now? I can wish people dead? Oh, See, my. You better wait. watch it. <laughs> next. You better watch what you say. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Old Brent. <laughs> I still talk to Brent every once in a while. On I mean, when we saw him at the Facebook. theater, what? It, yeah, a couple of years ago. It's literally one of the kind of things where I'm just kind of dumb. You're know, like, don't, don't. You were like, don't Brent over there. Hey, hey guys. Hey, look at these losers. You know, it's like, ah, it's like we never left. It's what like you Mr. Babies are us. <laughs> like, dude, it's like we've never left. You're like saying the same shit. He goes, hey, you remember that one time? And it's like, dude, <laughs> he remembers all the same shit, you know. Remember when we used to play the grenade game or you pin it? It's like, yeah, we do. Forgot played? he was there for all that stuff. Yeah, we played that too. It was funny because uh, he did the rare thing. It was like Tim Ray. Tim he was fun in framing, and he moved up to third key, and that's kind of awkward. Like, now we have to do what he says. You know, he's a framer. We trained this guy, you know? And uh, Brent was one of those people, too. He was a uh, stock room. Usually they came from the stock room, moved to framing because there weren't enough people. You train them. They become a framer. Then they're like, hey, do you want to beco- go in management? And I got asked that a few times, and I would just go, eh. And they go, no, you, me. You, you get a raise. It's like... Nah, <laughs> I was like, I'm not I'm interested. <laughs> I was never interested in moving up. I was just like, I'll stay in framing forever. But I don't know why. Most people, it's good to move up, isn't it? But I was always just like, nah. Well, you know. But Brent, he was one of those people that became like the third key and moved up. And I was just like, eh, you're lame. <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to do? What you say now? Is that what you're saying? But... Also, when you have somebody like, it's like, I can get away with stuff. It's like, well, knowing the hierarchy of that, you know, it didn't bother me. It's like, really, you have, okay, you're responsible for locking and turning on the alarm. Woo. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember there was one time where Tim Ray was, uh, I don't know why Satan needs to say his last name, but Tim was like, I'm going to have to write you up. I was like, for what? And he was like, dude, you were like 30 minutes late today. And I was like, so what? You know, it's like, you know, I, had a, I walk here, you know. He's like, well, I'm going to have to write you up. And I was like, 
fine, whatever. I was like, what an asshole. Seriously? Not even the manager of the store has ever written me up. And he is. He used to be my friend working in framing. So I went up there and he goes, this is a verbal warning. And he's writing it down. And I go, that's wait, wait. How is it a verbal warning if you're writing it down? He goes, well, it's not official. This is actually going to get turned in. So I'm writing it down just so you know that you've been warned. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. A verbal warning is like, you've been warned. Next time you do something wrong, right. you're going to get written up. But you're writing shit down. <laughs> He's like, well, shh, he tears it up. That's your warning. He throws it in the trash. And I was like, was well, this some kind of like, ooh, yeah, you just mess with my mind, man. Holy shit, I'm really going to get in trouble next time. It's like, no. non-written, written verbal warning. It's like, dude, there was a time when I started this job when I was like 18 years old where this might have worked on me. But now, dude, I'm in my <laughs> 20s. I've been here like, I don't know, eight years or something. I don't give a shit. So don't even try to like scare me into something. You want to write me up? Go ahead. But I'm going to wipe my ass with it and throw it back in your face. All right. It's like trying to be like, teach me a lesson or whatever. I'll never forget uh, my stepmom. He was much younger than my dad. I think when my dad married uh, uh, my stepmother, she was like 27 and we were like teenagers. So we viewed her as almost like a teenager because she's, <laughs> And I remember saying, uh, Jason, we got to go. You know, getting, she's going to take us to school. Jason, we got to go. And I'm in there primping my hair. You know, like, you know, got to get just right or whatever. And I go, all right, God damn it. You know, because she told me like six times or something. And all of a sudden it was like, this quiet. And I was like, okay, I went over the line there. <laughs> Drive to school quiet in the car nothing said and finally i get out of the car and i'm going into school and i go leslie i just want to i'll talk to you about it later (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm gonna tell your dad first yeah so she picks us up from school afterwards i figure i was like 10th grade or something and uh i'm like leslie i just wanted to apologize she goes no no don't bother we'll talk about it later i'm like what is this talk about it later shit just let me apologize and let it over and she and so finally we get home and she's like i've got a bucket and a hose out there and you're gonna wash my car i was like what you're gonna wash my car why because it's your apology to me for the way you talked to me this morning no, I just did. I tried to apologize to you twice. I said, I'm sorry. No, when you wash my car, that will be the apology. And I was thinking about it. I go, I'm not washing your car. <laughs> she was like, no, you are. That's your punishment. I was like, mm, you're not going to punish me because, you know, first of all, you're not my parent or whatever. Well, we'll just talk about that when your father gets home. It's like, oh, yeah, like he wants to deal with this shit when he gets home. <laughs> so... My dad gets home and Terry, Terry, come here. And I was, he, you know, he's like, oh shit, what's going on here? This morning, Jason said this to me and I was like, I try to apologize. And she's like, he needs to wash my car or whatever. My dad comes to me. He's like, pulls out his wallet. He's like, here's $10. Go wash your car. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so I stick it in my pocket, I go and wash her car, and she's like, 
I hope you learned your lesson. That's <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I did. I'll never say rude shit to you again. <laughs> and there was another time I could no, think. Fuck off. And I, I was the nicest to her out of Laura and Vanessa. I was like the nice guy. So for me to lose my temper on her, it's because she's being a really goddamn annoying. There was this cat, the stray she brought in the house, that kept pooping on the bathroom floor, right? Like, like, oh, dude, there's a turd right in the... You have to clean up. So finally she turned it into, always keep the bathroom door shut or the kitty will go poo in there. So do not leave the bathroom door open. So that was a new thing. We had to always close it or... The cat would go poop in there for some reason. I guess because her scent was in there. It was like, this is litter box or whatever. Maybe the people who previously lived there had a cat box in there. I don't know. Whatever. So one morning, I'm not kidding, like 5.30 a.m. Jason, on this door. What? Come in. You know. You left the bathroom door open and the cat shit on the floor. I was like, how do you know it was me? It was you. Because I noticed lately you have not been closing the bathroom door. And as a result, the cat shit on the floor. This morning, I went to go to the bathroom and I stepped in the shit on the floor. So I need you to get up. And I go, slam, right in her face. Get back in bed. All of a sudden, Jason, it's my dad. (laughs) I need you to go clean up that cat shit. I was like, why? It's not, why is she, what is she, Columbo? It's me who didn't shut the door. So, just do it. Get her to shut up about it. Here's another tin. <laughs> I need some lunch money, Dad. <laughs> I'll see what I got. So I go in there and I'm scrubbing up the shit. And it's not, I don't even wake up till like 7 o'clock or something. But... There was shit like that going on. Like, uh, I'll never forget. Like, <laughs> I need all of you in here. And it'd be like, Laura, Vanessa, and I, we get Steen in the kitchen. This is how you fill an ice cube tray. You open the door to the freezer, take out the ice cube. Look, it's empty. Turn on the water, fill the wet. We all just turn and walk out of the room. It's like, could you be more condescending? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it got, it became like this war of shit we wouldn't do. And it would literally be like, huh, why is that empty box on the floor? It's like a cereal box on the floor. Oh, well, well, did you see what you did? There's trash on the floor. You didn't even pick it up. It's like, what is this, an entrapment? This is like some kind of test that I failed. I don't, why, I don't know why there's a tricks box on the living room floor, but it's got to be there for a reason. Why would there be a tricks box on the floor? It's not my business. I'm just walking through, man. <laughs> just shit like that. Did I empty it? No. <laughs> but that was, it was in that period of time that was horrible when I was getting closer to, you know, no more high school. It's like, do you have a place to live? Be like, well, I live here. No, you're not. You don't have a job. <laughs> Who's going to pay for gas? You need to pay rent. I'd be like, okay. So that's, you know, went to MG Designs from there. <laughs> oh, man. I was just thinking about this the other day, and I told Emma about this. I don't know why, but 
uh, I started out during days, you know, like I'd work 10 to 4 with you and Gary, but yeah. I would work Saturdays. I think you were off Saturdays most of the time unless it was really busy or something. But I started... No, I worked Monday and oh, you Wednesdays would work, through Saturday. Right. You would work on Saturday, but I guess one thing... I started, they started making me clothes on Saturdays, like one the clothes, and I had never done that before. So, um, Leslie would have to pick me up. The schedule would say one to close or one to 9.30 or something like that. Be like, um, Leslie, can you come pick me up now? Okay, I'll be right up there. And it'd be like 9.30. Would, would the store close at 9.30? Nine. nine. Cl- store would close at nine. Fra- yeah. Framing department would close at 8.30. So uh, we'd be, all right, everybody start straightening. You know, everybody be straightening. And I think usually 9.15, 9.20 or something, unless it was a busy time of year, we'd stay like half an hour until they'd let us go, right? Well, it'd be like, uh, ma'am, can I help you? Yeah, is Jason here? Uh, uh, yeah, Jason to the front, please. Jason to the front. And, you know, I'd be, I'd see Leslie standing outside the locked doors, and I'd be like, oh, shit. And I'd go over there. She'd be talking. When are you going to be able to leave? I've been sitting in the car for 30 minutes. I was like, I I don't know. I don't know. Just whenever they let us go. Well, you need to go ask. No, no, no. I I can't. I can't. Go ask the manager when you can leave. Uh, uh, I can't. They're they're busy right now. Go ask them. Okay, fine. Walk away. Go back. Uh, It'll be like five more minutes. Didn't ask anybody anything, you know. And then she would go back to her car and wait. And, you know, eventually, I don't know, 20 minutes later, when they let us go, I'd go out in the car and she'd be going, like driving around recklessly. And you call me, it needs to be when you're leaving. But I'll be in the parking lot. It'll take you like 20 minutes to get up to the store. I don't care. So it'd be like, okay, everybody. They'd open the front door. Everybody go, can I use the phone real quick? Oh, okay, Jason. Uh, Leslie, uh, come wake me up now. And then I would stand out there and everybody be leaving. <laughs> and the, like the manager, whatever manager would be like, do you want me to wait till you're picked up? And be like, yeah, can you? Yeah, I'll be waiting in my car and they'd be running the car. And so Leslie would drive up. I'd be the last one to get in the car. Like <laughs> shoulders all slung out. So pathetic. <laughs> I can't remember things like that. They're like embarrassed. I remember one time this girl goes, is that your girlfriend? I was like, no, that's my stepmom. Could you say anything more like just disgusting? It was just like my reaction was like, ah, like I wanted a wretch. Like that is not my girlfriend. That's my freaking stepmom. She's that's a my bitch. Dad. That's my dad's teeth. <laughs> That bitch is my stepmom. It's like, she doesn't look that much older than you. Yeah, my dad married her, okay? My dad's, she somehow was like, yeah, I'm going to marry this guy with three teenagers. Tell me that wasn't a bad decision. And it it was like some point where everything was fine and then it wasn't anymore. Where you could just barely tolerating each other's existence. Ugh. Can't take it. Good Lord, man. I never had to deal with the step parent, so. Oh, man, you're lucky. I had several. Oh, I had. Um, my second stepmother, I didn't really know that well, so she seemed nice. Never lived with her. It was my third stepmom. It was after my mom died that uh, that was that was pretty bad. <laughs> 
and it went from her basically it went from uh her and my dad dating and him uh them moving in together and then all of a sudden my mom dies and three children are there that's what happened and they thought it might be best to get married to raise these three children (laughs) didn't work out so well but then uh, my dad, you know, was single for a long time when we moved back to Texas, and that was fine. As long as he wasn't dating, it was fine. But when he started dating, he would, you know, I, maybe a lot of people would. I don't know. But he wasn't paying attention as much, and yeah. we didn't really have a lot of supervision. We could do whatever <laughs> we wanted. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this lady shows up, and she's going to live with us. It just nah, it doesn't work out too well. That's what I was telling Heather. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't foresee us ever splitting up. But if we do, I'm never going to do that to Emma. We're like, this is your stepmom. It's just not going to happen. You know, I don't care. It's like, I can't, can't, I can't do that to a child. What I went through, you know. You don't have to do what she said. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> That was your punishment. I hope you learned your lesson. Ten bucks. It's like, yeah, I learned it. It's like, Dad paid me off just to get you to shut up. You do realize that, right? (laughs) I never told her that. It'd be fun to tell her that now. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, when we saw... What did we... What was the alien movie? The Ridley Scott movie? Why can't it... Pre... Pre... I can't say it. The Alien movie. I know. You know, not recently, long. not too long ago. What's yeah. that stupid movie? Pre. Pre. I can't remember. I'm old. <laughs> Jeez. <Pre. laughs> it's it's like a prequel to Alien. Ridley Scott's in it. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Michael Fassbender's the robot in it. Uh-huh. Has um, the big donut-shaped yeah. spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> it starts with a P, right? I think so. I can't remember, Stephen. You need to tell the story about the time you worked at the railroad. And your boss was such an asshole that when you got a new job, you wrote a letter <laughs> to him, right? Or was it just complaining to him? No, it no, was, it was to my him. resignation letter. Right, right. Tell that story, because that was pretty good. Well, I, I was... Uh... It was actually, uh, we had got a new boss, and this guy was like, when are these parts going to be here? I I don't know, Mike's ordering them. You know, I just do the SO for them, you know. Why is Mike doing them? Because it's a special order part, I don't know. And the shop foreman came over, and he kind of got in my face, and it was like, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> like he got um, in your face. Like, Oh, yeah, and yelled. So, 
this is like on a Thursday. So I call in sick on Friday. And I still call in sick on a Monday. I was like, over the weekend, I'm talking. My next door neighbor had helped me get this job. And I'm like, he goes, dude, I don't know how you're taking it this far. You know, these these guys are being complete dicks to you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, so it, it wouldn't matter if And I, what were if, they doing? Were they being dicks to you, like, on a, uh, a regular basis? Like, making your life a living hell? Or just talking to you rudely? Um, I was kind of the outcast because it was a bunch of redneck guys. Uh-huh. And I was as far from redneck as you could get. Right. Hey, Steven. He's a new guy named Steven. So I was like, okay. Um, so I was talking to my neighbor. I was like, okay. So I I wrote up. He goes, I said, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm done. You know. So I wrote up a resignation letter. He goes, oh yeah, that's pretty good. You know. Say it this way. You know, help me. You know, it's like pretty much. I called the dude a dick, and he didn't know how to. He couldn't run a shop to save his life. <laughs> and, right. And so I walk in there, I hand him the letter, and uh, he he opens it up. He goes, what's this? I said, it's my resignation letter. Oh, okay. Opens it up, and he looks at me. <laughs> he goes, uh-huh. So uh, can you tell me when these parts are going to be here? And I kind of lean over. I was like, no, dude, you're on your own. Figure it out. <laughs> He's like, I you quit. quit. Yeah. And I walk away. <laughs> I walk out and I'm done. And, uh, you know, I, I get and later that day, my neighbor comes in and he goes, Holy shit, man, you started a shit storm. <laughs> I was like, What? He goes, Yeah, he goes, He was so mad at what you wrote. You know, he walked into the shop foreman's office, throws a letter. And uh, this was a different one, different guy. And he, he goes, he goes, he comes in, talks to Brian, my former next door neighbor. He's like, he goes, man, that sis got a set of balls on him. <laughs> he goes, did you see what he did? He's like, I don't know, but he knew exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you ain't going to talk to me like that. I don't care. I don't need the job this bad. <laughs> yeah. But it was a nice, uh, I wish I had kept a copy of it. I didn't, but, uh. That was very funny. Yeah, when people get in your face, like I've had that reaction. Like I'm not, uh, I'm a shy person or whatever, extroverted or uh, introverted or whatever. But there were times where I'd have a run in with like a manager, and if somebody yells at my face, I kind of shut down. No, I don't shut down. I defend myself and I talk back to them. Because there's some kind of like, do not yell in my face, okay? I'm not like one of those people, you know, I'd get kicked out of Hell's Kitchen immediately, basically. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget that guy. <clears throat> what was the, the uh, Ridgemar store? Was that Roger? What was that guy's name? The, the old ma- manager? I can't even remember his name now. They were getting ready for some kind of like inventory or stuff, and I didn't. Richard, <clears throat> Richard, R- Richard, that's his name. He looked like Anthony Zerby from like uh, the Omega Man, uh, <laughs> and he comes back there. He had like a liver transplant. He had a bad color. He just didn't look healthy. Very yeah, and he comes in there, and at times, like I was the frame 
a four frame manager where pallets of frames would come in, I'd price them and put them out. Uh, they would come in endlessly where it looked like a mountain of shit that would never get finished. That's what it looked like on a regular basis. And if I went on vacation for a week, there was even more when I came back. It was like just. Nobody would do anything. Right. So every once in a while, we'd have somebody like. Like, help me put stuff out. Like, oh, I'll put this palette out while you do this. Okay. And I remember Stephanie did one. And what you did was you would have this invoice that you would check things off. So you could say, yes, we got this. Or we didn't receive this. Don't bill this for us. Because yeah. we never got it. So you'd have to keep that. Well, apparently... And then you would turn in the paperwork when you're done. Right. Uh she didn't mark it off the way that we we're supposed to. Uh, th- I remember they had some kind of meeting or something where they go, do it like this because we're getting ready for inventory or whatever. So she didn't do that and she turned it in for me. And I never even looked at it because I was busy doing my own. So Richard comes in there and he goes, um, what am I supposed to do with this? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what, Richard? Oh, can I help you? Yeah, um... Look at this paperwork. Who did this? Did you do this? I mean, I don't have time for this. I'm busting my ass, getting ready for this inventory, and I get this? Do you not know what you're doing? Do I have time? I don't even have time to come to you right now to talk to you about this. And I'm just standing there looking at it and go, well, I'm busting my ass too. And he's like, quiet. And he goes, are you being a smart ass to me? And I go, no, I'm not being a smartass to you. In fact, I didn't even do that. I'm so busy. I'm putting these other pallets out. Somebody else did that, and they turned it in for me, and I didn't get to look at it yet. So that's why it looks like that. And he just kind of stops. He goes, okay. And he walks away. (laughs) And I'm just like... Probably because you turned beat red and was ready to... I turned around, and uh, Chris was there on the phone. He was, like, talking to his wife, and he goes, Damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, did I, did, I, did I... Was I over the line? Did I do anything wrong? He goes, I don't think so. He's like, I'll go figure it out. You know, I'll go find out. And he hangs up. And then Randy comes back there, and he goes, What's up, wild man? <laughs> I'm like... Talking back to Richard. I was like, well, I was just like defending myself. He goes, ah, don't worry about it. He's And uh, he's like, he probably won't mess with you ever again. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And uh, it's the kind of thing where like if you yell at somebody and they're like, oh, I'm sorry or whatever. But instead, I kind of like talk back to him and he's just like, all right, I guess he's got some balls on him. I won't mess with the guy or whatever. But literally, he would just go, how's it going, Jason? I'm pretty good. And he just keep going. <laughs> Never had a run-in again. But I just had that natural reaction like, dude, do not come up all in my face, dude. And uh, you never know you're that kind of person until I guess it happens, yeah. you know? Like, I'm not like, hey, don't ever get up in my face. Because I would be like, if you get up in my face, I don't know how I'll react. I'll probably be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But instead, I was just like, dude. <laughs> Like, don't accuse me of not doing my job, because that's bullshit, because I'm just sweating here doing all this shit. Oh, the floor frames, man. Nightmares about that, too. <laughs> Stock that can never never finish is going out. Do you want the name now of the movie? Yeah. Prometheus. <laughs> it's like, pro. <laughs> Prometheus! How can we not remember that? It's such an easy... You just roll off your tongue. 
do you remember I did the uh, it was like a remix of it, the Prometheus trailer remember it was a ridiculous brawl yeah. but I put in Cake Boss stuff in it do you remember that Vaguely. I should have put that in the best of Cake Boss but I forgot about <laughs> it until just now well, Stephen, that was a nice talk we had there, and this is for all of our patrons. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. I had a great time talking to you, Stephen. Good time. We talked about all sorts of ridiculous stuff, <laughs> didn't we? But guys, we'll be back soon doing a regular show, and uh, this is kind of just something to tide you guys over. So I hope you're enjoying listening to the show and listening to the Chuck show. Hopefully, you guys have started watching Chuck because Stephen, you've completed season two of Chuck. You're you're on board, right? You're got, on board the Chuck I'm, train. I'm ready to start season three. I haven't started it yet. All right, I can't wait because and Steven, I've got I, like a ton of Eds to watch too. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? Have you watched any of them though? I watched them that Sunday. They played like five in a row. I'm not kidding. They censored what the heck? So. They they censored heck, Stephen. Heck is a word you say instead of saying hell. It's not a curse word. You can't censor heck. It's not a bad word. It'd be like if somebody said fudge and they go, oh, you got to cut that out. can't say that. We know what you mean. Yeah, you you mean the F word. It's like, but he said fudge. No, no, no. We can't even imply it. All right. Cut it out. It's like, who, who are you? Who is this for? <laughs> I don't understand. I'm, I'm literally, I'm watching it, but I like have to sometimes like rub my head like, oh, it hurts. It's just so stupid that they censored that. It makes my head hurt. I was, it, I was laughing at your, who are the ad wizards for the monkey baby? Baby monkey. Ba- oh, what was it? Baby monkey. No, wait. Puppy monkey baby. Puppy monkey. Puppy monkey baby. And remember, there's the old Saturday Night Live skit. Who were the ad wizards yeah. who came up with that one? And that's literally what rang in my mind. Yeah, that's another one that comes into my vernacular quite often. Like, who are the ad wizards that came yeah. And Heather and I, for the rest People of the People will look at me and won't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, but I would, like, look at Heather and I go, puppy monkey baby. <laughs> it's like, it's in my head, man. <laughs> it's like a worm. It's crawling around in there. Puppy monkey baby. Get it out! They got it in there, dude. (laughs) They can't get it out! It was ridiculous, but it's there now. (laughs) All right, Steven, it was great talking to you, and thank you guys so much for being patrons of the show. And uh, hey, what are you waiting for? Get out there and live life, man. Get out there, watch TV, play video games, go see movies, and we will see you next time! See you later! Puppy monkey baby.
Casting. Casting.